Welcome to episode 26 of the Princeton Podcast with Mayor Mark Frieda. In this episode, Mark sat down with Dave Erickson, the Executive Director of Corner House Behavioral Health, a Princeton nonprofit organization working to prevent and treat alcohol and drug addiction by engaging and supporting youth, adults, and families in lifelong healthy living and recovery. In addition to reviewing the treatment and prevention services offered by Corner House Behavioral Health, Dave discussed the organization's 50-year history here in Princeton and his plans to expand Corner House into mental health services. So without any further introduction, let's join our host, Mark Frieda, and his guest, Dave Erickson, for episode 26 of the Princeton Podcast. Dave, thanks for joining us today. Thanks for having me, Mayor. Yeah, it's my pleasure. So, Dave, let me start out, I think, a uh, pretty basic question. What is Corner House Behavioral Health's mission? Sure. I mean, I'll, I'll read the stated mission, and then maybe I'll elaborate a little more on it. Um, so, Corner House works to prevent and treat substance use disorders by engaging youth, adults, and families in lifelong healthy living and recovery. So, so what does that mean? Uh, it means that our mission really is to engage the, the Princeton community into healthy living, uh, we're a licensed substance abuse treatment center and co-criminal health treatment center, and so and we're community-based. So our mission really is to prevent and treat substance use disorders. Uh, so there's a treatment and a prevention side to, to that Cornerhouse has. Thank you. So um, let's talk about 2022 because I think 2022 is a big year for Cornerhouse. So why don't you? Yes, it certainly is. So uh, Cornerhouse started in 1972. So that brings us into our 50th year. And um, I brought with me actually a a copy of the town topics from Thursday, July 20th, 1972. And the title, as you can see, says, Corner House, a new drug center to open. And so the article goes on to talk about how the Princeton community was just concerned about, you know, young people and substance use. And of course, at the time, you know, it was a pretty big issue nationally, awareness around that. Um, So local people, along with the town council from the township and the borough of Princeton at that time, uh, and both mayors got together along with uh, the community members and decided to launch Corner House uh, through funding and here we are 50 years later as a still viable treatment center that's a part of a municipality. Yeah, and a real part of the town. I mean, it's really yes. ingrained in the fabric yes. of the community. And amazingly enough, as I was thinking this morning, that the article talks about that the town um, invested $34,000 at that time for a six-month launch for Corner House. Mm-hmm. That value today is about $240,000. So the town put in almost a half a million dollars for a year to launch this this agency 50 years ago. Um, you know, and we've expanded and found other funding sources since then. But uh, to 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 be here 50 years later, uh, to be a part of that is, you know, it's amazing to be, yeah. you know, to still have survived all these years and still be sought after as an agency that that really cares about the community. Um, and. and- Playing off what you just said, I mean, obviously over the 50 years, Corner House has expanded the services, uh, but I think you also expanded your services specifically this year over things that you had done most recently. So maybe you could talk a little bit about that. Yeah, so, 
You know, obviously we've gone, we've all been in this together, this pandemic, you know, globally, right? So uh, the the buzzword seems to be that the pandemic and mental health are are synonymous now, right? The impact that it's had sort of on human beings and their mental health. So Corner House has been historically licensed as a substance use disorder and what's called co-occurring treatment center. The state of New Jersey has two different kinds of licenses, a substance abuse license and a mental health license. So we haven't had that mental health license. Um, We've known all along that there's been parts of the community we've had to turn away for mental health services because we weren't licensed for that. But certainly the pandemic just brought that to the forefront of the demand for service going way up for mental health. And then, of course, our mission of making a difference in the community. So we're expanding and applying for a mental health license through the state so that we would have both licenses. And we won't have to turn people away. We'll be able to sort of expand and actually meet what we're now, our new name, which was changed in 2017, Corner House Behavioral Health. It started out as Corner House 50 years ago. Mm -hmm. It turned into Corner House Counseling Center. We've rebranded, but behavioral health is a better encompassing term. So that's where we're headed is, is expanding into men- mental health as well. Yeah. How long does that licensing process take, do you think? Well, um, you know, the <laughs> pandemic certainly has had an impact on state entities for sure. Um, it can be six to nine months. You know, it's from ground up um, where you create policies and procedures specific to the regulations in the state. You submit your policies and procedures, your application, they review it. They ask you to make revisions. Eventually, they come out on site. They do a site review. So it could take six to nine months for that to to, to come to fruition at best. Right. Um, but we're <laughs> you know we're, we're going to stay the course and and see it through. Okay. So um, trying to maybe get into a little more detail. So I guess there's two main areas of focus, which would be treatment and prevention. Yes. And uh, so maybe we could talk a little bit about treatment. First. Sure. So I, you know, obviously knowing a bit about the history of Corner House and how it started, you know, treatment and counseling, therapy, all those terms are somewhat synonymous, uh, is how it started. And it's certainly the flagship of what Corner House is, is this idea of being a treatment center, which requires us to have a license. At some point, um, I think the agency evolved prior to me getting there for sure, where it was like, let's start looking at prevention side to this also. So that's when Corner House started to expand into working with younger people, not just on the treatment side, but on the prevention side as well. So, um, you know, over the years, I've seen our prevention become more and more robust in working with high school students, middle school students. Um, obviously one is treating the problem. The other one obviously is, is preventing the problem from, you know, starting in the first place. Right. And so you have a lot of prevention programs that reach out, um, not just to, so it wouldn't be just to Princeton high school, but to high school age audience, no matter where they are. Yeah. So our treatment programs, let's go back to the town topics article for a second. So the Town Topics article makes it very clear that the intention of the agency was to serve Princeton and the greater community, the, the greater Princeton community, that worrying's in there. Yeah. So the treatment has always been that larger Princeton community area. Prevention, however, is exclusive 
pretty much to Princeton residents and to Princeton adolescents. So, um, and we feel responsible to serve the community because we know that, and we'll probably talk about that, part of our funding comes from the municipality. So our, our targeted prevention done through various ways, leadership, uh, education, uh, depending on the programs, we have you know eight different types of prevention programs are specific and unique just to Princeton residents, and, and they're free of charge as well. And and I, I would I think if I my memory serves me correctly, it's not just prevention programs, but you're teaching leadership, you're teaching a lot of skills that really are going to benefit those high school age people that take take a, take advantage of your programs. Yes, I think I think early on in the history of you know substance abuse prevention, um, the, sort of nationally there was this thinking that if we go in and you know use some scare tactics like where drugs are going to lead you yeah. <laughs> in, with middle school students, uh, you know that that would somehow make changes in choices for young people, and that really hasn't shown to be evident. Uh, so what we've learned is creating a dialogue with younger people, engaging them in different ways other than sort of, you know, this message like, you know, just say no or drugs are bad and really engaging them in decision making skills, resiliency skills, more dynamic ways to approach prevention. Leadership is one of the ways in which we uh, approach prevention, certainly with our high school students. Yeah. Okay. Um, let me go off on a little tangent. Dave, how long have you worked at a corner house? A long time. Uh, <laughs> I, well, I, so I started in 1996 at Corner House uh, when I finished graduate school. And I was a counselor there for about five and a half years. And then uh, my family and I decided to relocate to South Florida, of all places. And uh, even though I'm a New Jersey native, and so I left and worked in substance abuse and inpatient and several other areas and became a clinical director. So I went from a counselor to a clinical director. And then two years later, I realized Florida and us, we just weren't that compatible. And so I had stayed in touch with the staff at Corner House the whole time and called them and said, hey, I'm coming back. And of course, I came back um, two years later in 2003 and became the clinical director and have been back ever since. Right. And your role now? I'm and, just yes. And so now I'm the executive director after our old uh, former uh, executive director had been there about 21 years and I got the opportunity to work with him and learn a lot. And so I've been the executive director now there for about uh, just over a year. So it's been you know, from starting to work in prevention and counseling to clinical director to executive director, you know, I, I always say corner house is in my DNA, really. It's, it's just a part of really who I am. Yeah. So you said you're a New Jersey native. So where in Jersey did you grow up? So I grew up in Morris County, a little town called Morris Plains, and one square mile. And I went to Morristown High School. Uh, they still don't have a high school in Mars Plains, and we you know, still send everybody to Marstown High School. So that's where I grew up. And then after high school, uh, I joined the United States Navy and spent six years in the Navy, and then sort of diverted that into wanting to become a, a clinician and work in substance abuse when I got out of the Navy. There you go. Um, so I know that there are certain different events that Corner House puts on or takes part in each year. How, um, 
How would we know about those? Or could you mention, you know, what a couple of those might be? Yeah, so because our leadership students are fully engaged from TAG to student board to GAIA, and these are acronyms that are always like, what do those mean? Teen Advisory Group, Growing Up as an Individual in America, and the Corner House Student Board, which are our leadership programs, are actively involved in you know, civic activities. And so a, a few of those that we do every year, one is the annual dodgeball event this year, We'll be, held, we'll be holding it at Princeton High School on November 4th. Uh, all four area high schools compete in this. They absolutely love this. Last year was a huge turnout. Hundreds of kids showed up uh, with a dodgeball tournament. It usually gets kicked off with the uh, police department and the fire department putting together a team, and they're the first team to compete against one another, and it's certainly fun, and then we go from there, and then whoever wins the, the event gets to hold the cup at their school for the year. So that's December 4th, November 4th. All this will be on our website. We also hold an an acapella night every year. This year will be December 2nd, where again, area high school students, uh, it's an acapella group. And then we have trunk or treat with the police department. And then of course, the Corner House Student Board, their mission really is to create more and more drug-free events that high school students can attend on a regular basis throughout the year, alternatives than just going to a party. Great. Um, so let's say I need some of your services. How do I, how do I reach out to, uh, to take uh, advantage of the services you offer? Well, there's this, the old school method, which is to call the phone number, 609. <laughs> <A> phone? <laughs> the phone still works, 609-924-8018, and our front desk will answer the phone. We're, our hours are Monday through Thursday, 9 a.m. to 9 p.m., and then Fridays from 9 a.m. to 5 p.m. You could also directly apply for services on our website as well. Fill out on the portal, that information will come through. We'll call you the next morning, reach out to you, get more information, and go from there. So if I show up for those services, where, where, where am I going? So we're located now on One Monument Drive, so right here in town, uptown by the big monument. Uh, we're in the old, what was the municipal borough uh, building, and we're downstairs in the lower part of that building. We take up most of that space downstairs. So One Monument Drive is where we're located. Great. Uh, so I show up, I get your services. How do I pay for those services? So we, we have um, some private insurance companies that we're enrolled in. Because Corner House really started out with, we want to make treatment affordable, no matter where you're from or what resources you have, that's still around. So we're a Medicaid provider, and we have been since we opened our doors. Um, so anyone can come with Medicaid, we take self-pay, we have a sliding fee scale. We also have different funding sources that we can tap into where if you don't have insurance, we can either help you enroll in Medicaid or if you're not Medicaid eligible, we have access to state funding as well based on your income. So ability to pay should not be a uh, obstacle for it anyone. It shouldn't be to a barrier, part. yes. Right. Right. And we are, you know, as part of that expansion into mental health, we are trying to enroll more and more into more private insurance companies as well. You know, it's it's there, there's a difference between a private treatment center that is designed to take health insurance. They don't deal with Medicaid. Uh, we're unique. We're a community-based 
nonprofit government entity. And so we certainly don't want to turn people away based on their ability to pay. So it's a balancing act of being able to be like a Medicaid provider, access public funding, and take third-party private insurance. It's certainly a balancing act. But again, the core mission started with Corner House, making sure that we don't turn people away based on their ability to pay. Which is, which is a great thing. So here, let, me, let me ask you this one, because I, I, it's always funny when I talk to, uh, to people and they try to figure out how you, how you guys are actually funded, because you get funding from a number of different places. So uh, why don't you explain how that really works as opposed to how some people think it does? Yeah. I, you know, if I could give you every detail of our budget, <laughs> uh, I'd be the CFO, but I'm not. Yeah. So um, it, our budget is relatively, on some levels, it's simplistic, but it's also kind of complicated in that uh, part of the money certainly comes from tax dollars through the town. Now, from the beginning, uh, back to the article in 72, the townspeople knew there was no way Corner House could survive just on a tax base, right? That they would have to tap into other funding. And they did from the very beginning. So that's what we've done over the years is tap into county and state funding. Uh, as a nonprofit, as a licensed facility, we have access into other funding, private grants as well. And then, of course, in 1980, the agency saw the need to be able to privately fundraise. So it developed the Corner House Foundation, which is still around. And so the Corner House Foundation is our 501c3 private funding uh, fundraising entity where we, we have two major events each year. One is a direct mail campaign. We send out our annual report, what we're doing, our new programs, break down the funding, how we use that money, where we're going and the vision. And we literally put it in the mail and send it out to people and say, hey, come support us through our foundation. And then in the spring, we do an annual gala fundraiser at various locations where we might have entertainment or, you know, it's just an annual fundraiser. And that's usually in April. Hopefully we're going to be able to announce the actual date within the next couple of weeks uh, on our website, on our Facebook, Instagram, when that will be. And those are ways that, you know, can people can support us. So the funding is various. Um, you know, when I look at that article about the town kicking off uh, the agency with almost $500,000, the town actually pays less now, even though we have about a $1.1 million budget, less now than they did in 1972 from the tax base. Right. Interesting to see that because we've been able to expand where we get money from. Right. So, um, but it's, it's, it's a fragile thing as well, right? To be able to keep going, to be a nonprofit, uh, to ask people for money to support us. Um, because in the minds of some people, they think that all our money comes from the Princeton government. And that's just not true, even though we're Princeton employees. Yeah, so it kind of works two different ways, right? So people need to understand you're not fully funded by tax dollars. And then the people that give you tax dollars need to understand that the tax dollars are very important to you because the funding you get elsewhere doesn't cover 100% of, of what you need. So Correct. as you said, it's a, it's a balance there. You got to make sure the two sides don't think, oh, the other side could take it over. And then suddenly you guys are in a bad position. So that's just a plug for everyone out there to, Certainly. A, to yeah. you know, support you any way you can. Yes. Um, and we'll get back to that a little bit more. So how does Corner House reach out to people to say, hey, here's the programs we have and, and you know, just 
I think in my, you know, since I've been around a long time, a lot of the same sort of just grassroots making connections in the community, other treatment providers, being directly connected with the courts, being directed with the schools, uh, just having brand awareness. You know, we don't have a big budget to be able to have a full-time marketer like some of the private treatment centers that just spend their whole day running around the state trying to promote uh, their treatment programs. At the same time, more and more treatment centers have opened up throughout the state, which is great. Um, And they're not necessarily direct competitors of us, but we have to keep brand awareness of Corner House, the uniqueness, the fact that we're integrated into the fabric of this community. So it's about connecting, building relationships um, with people in the community so they know who we are. You know, there's some people in town who've known us for years. There's some people who've been around here that don't even know who Corner House is. So it's about, you know, just being connected with all the different parts of the town and the greater area is the way that we get our name out there and what we do coming on the mayor's podcast. There you, know? you go. Yeah. <laughs> so I think it's important that I ask you to share um, your website with the audience, too. What's the, the link for the website? So it's uh, obviously www.cornerhousenj.org. So that's cornerhousenj, like is in New Jersey, .org. That'll bring you directly to our website. If you go to the municipal's website and you go to Corner House, there'll also be a link there to come directly to our website. Okay. Is there other social media that Corner House uses? Twitter, Facebook, Instagram. You know, we have a great um, grant development coordinator who keeps up on that and really, you know, understands the the social media aspect of it to stay connected, to announce things, what we're doing, you know, where we're headed. So, so yes. Okay. When I started at Corner House, the internet didn't exist. Literally. <laughs> we had one computer there. <laughs> <laughs> and a typewriter. <laughs> oh, man. Um, all right. So let me just make sure I beat the drum on this one. So I want to support Corner House, which actually I, I do, but I just want to say to people, hint, hint, it's a good group to uh, support. So I want to support Corner House. How, how, let's go over again. How, how do I do that? How do I get money to you guys? Yeah. So there's the money part of it for sure, like giving directly to our foundation, which is a click on our website. You know, there's a big purple button on there that says donate <laughs> now. Um, there's also the ability to get involved and make contact with us if you'd like to be on our foundation board, if you'd like to be a part of uh, our board, the foundation that does, that their primary purpose is to, to fundraise. That's another way to get involved. If you, if you want to make that level of commitment, um, because it's about, again, making connections, brand awareness. And then, of course, there's the direct mail campaign. We send out the flyer. You want to get on that list. You could certainly email me, um, and I'll give you my email address as well. And you know that way you can get on our mailing list, and you can come out to our gala as well and support us that way, buying tickets to the gala. Um, so there's there's various ways to support us. And and again, just to understand what the money goes to is our foundation because the foundation supports what we're doing. And in fact, the foundation is responsible for giving back a pretty large amount of money back to the municipality uh, to pay back for what comes out for our salaries. Right. So um, it's not just going to Corner House, it's coming back to the taxpayers in the town we have a, we've, we have an agreement with the municipality to pay back a certain amount of money each year. Um, 
And the, the foundation, I think, the board, so if someone gets on the board, that's a regular monthly type meeting? Yeah, or? so the board, the foundation board meets once a month, the third Thursday of every uh, month, and that's virtual, which actually will probably stay there. It's working very well because then people, the attendance rate is relatively high, people can make it, and we ask that you just sort of show up to the meetings and then get on one of our subcommittees, whether it's direct mail or whether you can help us out with our annual gala. Um, but if you're interested in fundraising and being on the board and making that type of commitment, um, certainly contact us and let us know. Um, well, one other question, I, I guess the Corner House is very involved in, and, and I know with, with COVID it hasn't, you know, it's harder to make these live things happen, but you do the simulated uh, car crash, high school prom, drinking type um, event in between the high school and the middle school every I guess that was every other year that would happen. Every other year, yes. Um, so every year, other year, we did do a simulated crash where we worked with first response. It was a pretty big event to yeah. pull off, even with the state police, to do a simulated car crash and life flight, and it was pretty dramatic and impactful. And then, of course, COVID has kind of thrown that whole thing off. And we worked, obviously, closely with the high school to, to pull that off. And so we, we are talking about how can we get back to doing that type of uh, face-to-face real thing um, now that, you know, COVID isn't gone, but it seems to have like shifted a bit, right? Yeah. Where people are out a little bit more. Yeah. So let's, uh, looking ahead, what, what do you see unfolding for Corner House over the next, you know, I don't know, let's say three to five years? Well, I certainly see us as, you know, our, as our mission expands into mental health. We're really um, looking at wellness as a whole, right? So we want to engage people into a life of recovery. And that's not just from, say, a substance use disorder, but also from a mental health problem as well. So our future really is about wellness for the community, you know, staying grassroots, staying connected to the town, uh, the greater area, expanding our services for mental health, expanding prevention now that we've, you know, we know that things like cannabis are legal in the state and that's a real hot topic. So we know the risks involved with adolescence. So what does that, now that that landscape's changed, what does that mean for Corner House? We're responsible to provide prevention services in the midst of this, right? Um, so we're really opening and then making those connections to like, what does prevention look like in that landscape? Um, so the future really is about wellness, com- continuing to engage the community, be involved in the community, holding events in the community, and really knowing, look, I've been here long enough to know the difference between a treatment center that says they're community-based. Uh, I said this the other day. Um, about another treatment center who came out and said, you know, they're really concerned about, you know, the Princeton community. And I asked them if they knew who the mayor's name was. <laughs> and they couldn't answer. <laughs> you know, if you don't know who the mayor is in the town, you know, you're not in the town. So we, again, we're continue. our future is to continue to hold on to how we started, but grow and expand, continue to bring evidence-based approaches, cutting edge, state-of-the-art treatments, but yet continue to hold on to the idea of how we started, never forget where we came from for this community. 
Dave, I want to thank you for being here today. And I just want to remind everybody listening, the Corner House is a fabulous organization. It does a lot of good in our community. And as you have explained to us, we can give you financial support, but there's also roles for people that want to be on the foundation board. So people should reach out to to you and, uh, and see how they can help you. So Dave, thank you. Thank you for having me, Mayor. I appreciate it. You know I love to talk about Corner House anytime I can. So <laughs> there you go. thank you for having me. Thank you for joining us for this episode of the Princeton Podcast, produced by the podcast production team at HG Media, providing audio and video services here in Princeton since 1999. If you enjoyed this episode of the Princeton Podcast, please share it with your friends. Visit our website at princetonpodcast.com. And be sure to subscribe to us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, or wherever you listen to podcasts.